God, there's not many, uh, there's not many talks that I've given that I honestly believe could change the world. And there's not many words that I um, have felt have been so necessary to say than the words that I'm going to say tonight. But the reason why, God, I feel that way is because I know they're not mine. I know the reason why I feel this way, God, is because this is not a message from me to these people in this room. This is a message from you to them. God, you are so desperate for them to know this truth. But the world doesn't want them to know this truth. And Satan does not want them to know this truth. And the voice in their head does not want them to know this truth. But God, you do. And I believe that your truth and your light is greater than the darkness. I believe that your voice is stronger than the voices in our heads. And your truth will win out over the lies of this world. So God, I just pray that in the next few moments that you would take away the clutter, that you would take away the lies, the darkness would leave, Satan is not welcomed here, and you would just speak truth to us. And when we would be bold and courageous enough to believe it, that it is truth. And may it soak into every fiber of our being, and may we leave being changed because we know who we are and how you see us and who you say we are, and now we can look at the mirror and say those things too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're in the series called Hashtag DTR, a.k.a. Define the Relationship. So what that phrase comes from, where that phrase comes from is if a guy and a girl are hanging out for a while, they've been chilling, relaxing, all cool. Sometimes they shoot basketball outside the school. And somebody in that relationship gets the courage to say those three words, four words, that stops a heart from beating we need to talk. And someone's going to have the courage to ask that boy or that girl, what is this? Where is this going? What is this? We need to define this relationship. And sometimes it goes really well. You know, the other person looks at them and says, sweetie, let's be boyfriend and girlfriend. You know? Or you could be like my sophomore year self and when that talk happens, you start to hyperventilate, and then you run out of your dorm room. So it's, it can go either way. Don't worry, guys. I've grown up. I don't hyperventilate anymore. But so this is what happens. We have to define this relationship. And last week, Nikki came, and she talked to us about our relationship with God and what that looks like. And I think we understand what that kind of starts to look like. You see, he says that we actually have this ability to be in a relationship with God. And you know what a relationship is like. You talk with that person. You hang out with that person. You walk with that person. You do things with that person. And actually, uh, the first humans ever created, Adam and Eve, had that perfect relationship with God. But then Nikki talked about something got in the way of that relationship, and that thing is called sin. And here's the thing is that we're not stupid. We know what that looks like. How many of you have ever had somebody in your life say something that was mean to you, spread a rumor about you, did something that hurt you? We've all had that. All right, my turn. And after that happened, did you feel attention in that relationship? Was there distance in that relationship? Did it feel like there was something between you and that person that wasn't the same as it was before whatever they did to you? You see, we get this. This is what happens when we've done something or did something that wasn't good to God. We created a brokenness 
and a separation between us and God. And we know what that feels like. And here's the thing. God wanted to fix that brokenness between us, that awkward tension, that separation, that there was something in this relationship that wasn't right, and it wasn't what it was before. And there was this, this punishment that had to be paid. Because, see, in other relationships, we can maybe go up to that person, we can say, I'm sorry, and we can start to work on that relationship to not get it fixed, but the thing is, that wouldn't work with God. Because there was a price to be paid for our mess-ups. We call that sin. And what we did to hurt God and cause this brokenness and separation between us and him, there was a punishment, a consequence, a price to be paid. We had to die. That was the punishment. But see, God wanted more than just for our punishment to be paid. He wanted to get this relationship with us back to where it was when it wasn't broken and there wasn't separation. And so as we saw last week illustrated in the clip, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, God sends Jesus, his only son, and he dies for us. And the best thing happens. He comes back alive. So what does this mean for us? It means that if you believe in Jesus, that he died and he came back to life, then the brokenness, the separation between God and you is gone forever. The sins that you've all done wrong are forgiven. And God sees you in his son's perfection. He looks at you as if you've never sinned and as if you've always obeyed. And if it couldn't get better than that, I know that's already awesome. God starts to speak truth into our lives, and he starts to tell us who we are and how he sees us. Now, God speaks a lot of truth about who we are and how he sees us in the Bible, but I'm only going to cover five today. God started planting these seeds of truth in my heart when I heard a message given by a pastor named Louis Gigolo. And I'm actually going to use some of the things that Louis says in his talk about who God says we are and how he sees us. So I'm giving him credit, but it's always from the Bible. So I want you to honestly know this. When God says this about you, God looks at you and he says this, I love you. And God looks at you and he says this, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God looks at you and he says this, I forgive you. And God looks at every one of you and he says this, you are here for a special purpose. And because of that, I believe in you and I am cheering you on. And God looks at you and he says this, I see you clothed in my son's perfectness. Therefore, I am pleased with you. That is how God sees you. That is who God says you are. I want you just to take a moment, literally, and pause and look at this list and sit there and think, that's how God sees you. That's who God says you are. And it doesn't end there. Because if that's how God sees us, and if that's who God says we are, we can now look into a mirror and say this about ourselves. So picture me in front of a mirror. I can say this. 
I love you to myself. And I can look in the mirror and I can say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I can look in the mirror and I can say to myself, I forgive you. And I can look in the mirror and I can say to myself, I am here for a special purpose. And because of that, I believe in me and I am cheering me on. And I get to look in the mirror and I get to say these words. I am clothed in Jesus' perfection. Therefore, God is pleased with me. But high question to you tonight is how many of you guys could look in a mirror tonight and say all five of those things to yourself and actually mean it? And actually believe it? And actually think that's true about yourself? My guess here tonight is that I would find it rare to find a person who could say all five things about them. And truly believe all five things about themselves here tonight. And why is that? Because somewhere along the road in your life, we have all believed a lie about something about ourselves. Someone or something or our own thoughts told us lies about who we are and we believed them. And ever since that day, we have been speaking and thinking and believing lies about ourselves. But tonight in our series, I want you to know something about a very important relationship that we have to define. And that is the relationship that you have with yourself. I know it kind of seems weird to talk about a relationship with yourself. But I want us to know that this is not very, very important to Jesus. So if you have a Bible, I want you to open it up to the front. There's this thing called contents. And you're going to look for a book called Matthew. Matthew is on page what? 557. You're going to find 557. And then we're going to turn to the chapter 22. So in this corner, it says Matthew, and then it's going to say a number. We're going to look for Matthew 22 is that next number we want to look for. And you'll find a big number in the corner that says a chapter number. That's chapter 22. And then we're going to look for the little numbers by the verses. And we're going to look for the little number that says 34. And that's a verse number. So Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. This is what it says. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced, he being Jesus, silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and asked one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? There's like 613, so he's asking, out of 613, which one's the best? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Thanks, Nikki. Jesus says that you should love your neighbor as what? Yourself. Let's say that all together. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, Jesus is saying you have to love yourself 
as much, and then love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. But for some of us tonight, we're struggling to do that. But this is something that we need to do. We have to love ourselves. And why? Why do we need to love ourselves? Why is this important with yourself, this relationship with yourself, so important? Well, Louis Grigolo says this. Now stay with me because it kind of loops around, but stay with me. He says this. You spend the most time with you. So you are most influenced by you. You hear the voice in your head more than you hear any other voice in your entire life. So you are most influenced by what you think more than what others think about you. Now, what you think about you may have been influenced by what other people think about you. But then you believed what they thought about you. And then you thought that about you. And what you think about you influences the you the most in your life. What he's saying is, like, you spend the most time with you, you think most of your thoughts. And even if some of the thoughts in your head were because somebody else told you, you decided to believe them. And now these lies and these thoughts that aren't true about who you are are replaying in your mind. So my question for you tonight is this. What do you think about you? What do you think about you? What are the things that you would say about you if you were looking in a mirror tonight? What are the five things that you would say about yourself? Would they be the five things I mentioned? And why not? Why would it be so hard for you to say this? I love me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I forgive me. I am here for a special purpose, and because of that, I believe in me, and I am cheering me on. And I am clothed in Jesus' perfection, therefore God is pleased with me. And if I had to guess tonight why it would be hard for some of you to say one of those things, or two of those things, or maybe for some of you, you can't even say one of them. It's because you've never actually truly believed that that's what God says about you. You don't believe that God says this to you. You don't believe that God looks at you and says, I love you. I made you wonderfully. You are one of a kind. You are beautiful and you are handsome. I have never made you before and I will never make another one like you. I forgive you, all of it. It is done. All your sins, gone, forgiven, forever. I've wiped them clean. I've made you for a special purpose and I believe in you and I am cheering you on. And you are clothed in my son's perfection and I am very pleased with you. Get this. We need to believe that's what Jesus says about us. So why don't you believe in God if, when he says that to you? If you're struggling to say, like, God, I don't think God says that to me. I don't think God loves me. I don't think God forgives me. I'm pretty sure God didn't make me for a special purpose. And I know for sure I'm not fearfully and wonderfully made. Kelly, I can tell you 12 things that are wrong with me right now. I hate this about me, I don't like this about me, and people think I'm stupid, and I'm fat, and I'm ugly, and I'm not very good at this, and I'm not good at sports, but I'm not really smart, and I'm not really good at band, I'm not really good at choir, and I can't do this, and I'm not this, and I'm not that. Because if we aren't believing in who God says we are, you guys, 
then we will believe what other people think, what someone else says about who you are. But here's the thing about everybody else, about your friends, or even about your own voice in your head, they are not God. God is God. And God says only the truth. God cannot lie. Therefore, everything he says is true. And God didn't say you weren't special. And God didn't say you weren't enough. And God did not say that you aren't worth it. And God didn't say you weren't special. And God didn't say you didn't have a purpose. And God didn't say he didn't like you. And God for sure did not say he did not love you. He didn't say that. But when we start to believe those other voices trump God, that's what we have to change. We have to stop letting lies keep us from believing what God says about us. The lies and the beating stops tonight. No one's opinion of you is greater than God's. We can claim here tonight this truth about who God says we are and who we are in him. Tonight we can claim that this is what God thinks, then this is who I am. So in the days and the hours and the minutes to come when those lies creep into your head or when that person next to you says something or your parents tell you something and they state their opinions about who you are and how they see you, we get to say, no, I know who I am. And this is not boastful. This is just truth. I know who I am, and I am choosing today to believe what he says over what anybody else says. Today, I get to look at me, and I get to say these things in the mirror tonight when I'm at home. I get to look at me, and I get to say, I love me because God loves me. And I get to look in the mirror tonight, and I get to say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. There is nothing wrong with the way I was made. You want to know why? Because God made me. And God says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And tonight when you go home, you get to look in the mirror and you get to say, you know what, no matter what I've done wrong, I forgive me. And you want to know why? Because God's forgiven me. And he took it all at the cross. And I'm going to leave it there. And I don't get to pick it up anymore. And tonight when we get home, we get to look in the mirror and we get to say, guess what, guys? I don't know about my future, but I know that I've been made for a special purpose. And I'm believing in me. And I'm cheering me on. And you want to know why? Because the God who created the entire universe looked at me and he said, I have a special purpose for you. And the God who has angels, like 7,000 million, are looking at you and go, yeah, yeah, you do. But I believe in you and I'm cheering you on. Could you imagine, like, walking outside the door and God's like, yeah, dude, what's up? Yeah, Ross. Ross is leaving. Ross is going to work. Wow, guys, Ross is awesome. That's what God does. And tonight, I get to go home and we get to look in the mirror and guess what we get to say? I am clothed in Christ's perfection. And when God looks at me, he says, I am pleased with you. Therefore, when I look at me in the mirror, I say, I am pleased with me. The lie stopped tonight. The beating stopped tonight. That voice in your head that is replaying and telling you things that aren't true stops tonight. Because tonight, we're going to believe what God says is true. Tonight, we are going to look in the mirror and say that this, that's who I am. So we're going to take a moment, and the band's going to come up. And they're going to play a song for us tonight. And Hannah, can I have those words back up again, the five things? Beautiful. So this is not a time for you to talk to anybody else but God. I don't know your story. And I don't know what's going on. 
And I don't know which of those five you can't say tonight. And I don't know which of those five you don't believe about yourself. But God does. So he's going to come and he's going to play some music. And this is the time that we're going to be honest with God. And we're going to honestly tell God, God, I don't believe number three. I don't believe number two. God, I don't believe number five. There's no way you say that about me. I want you to ask God to help you believe that. God, I'm struggling. This is what I believe about myself. But Kelly's telling me that's not true. And I'm struggling to believe that's true about myself. We're going to give you some moments to just pray. Talk to God. Tell him which one you're fighting hard to believe. Give him up the lies in your head, the scars of people who've told you things about yourself that aren't true. And ask him starting tonight, God, when I leave this place, help me to say I love me. Help me to say I forgive me. Help me to truly believe, God, that you made me. And the way you made me is good. Let's take a few moments. Pray. You don't need anybody else. God already told you who you are. You don't need their opinions. Take a moment. Pray about it. So number, number five is my struggle bus. Right? Yeah. Number five is my struggle bus. It's hard for me to say that God looks at me and is pleased with me. It's hard to believe that it doesn't really matter what I do, that God is pleased. That one's hard for me. But I choose today, and I'm going to choose tomorrow, and every day after that, to believe it's true. Let's pray. God, I... I'm not sure which numbers for each person is hard for them to say. And maybe there's somebody here who can say all five. Wow. But for the rest of us who can't, who struggle to believe that this is true and how you see us and, and who you say we are, and it's hard for us to look in the mirror and mean it, God, be with us. Reveal your truth to us. Let us know this is exactly how you see us. Today, tomorrow, every day to come. May all the lies be left here and never picked up again. And then, God, let's go tell people that this is how you see them. Because the world needs to hear this. Can we tell our neighbors, God, help us to tell the classmates to our left and our right and our locker partners and the grade above us and the grade below us and people we go to school with and people we go to church with and our neighbors and maybe even our parents. People need to know this truth. We love you. And Jesus' name pray. Amen.